Hey everyone, this is a Godzillion and One podcast where we're talking about the shockingly and seemingly endless ways to connect with each other, this world, and the God who made it all. I'm Greg Holder, and I'm here with our producer, Tori Nichols. Tori, today's conversation, I think, was just so enjoyable. Am I right? Oh yeah, it was just fun. I just kept finding myself smiling listening back to it. Yeah. Ellie Limebear is a worship leader, songwriter, youth leader based in Brighton in the United Kingdom. And Ellie is, um, she's just writing for, for, I think, a generation to come. But she's also, her songs just seem to resonate with people of, of all ages. And I just, I love her perspective on things. I love the way that she, she talks. And, you know, so she's from the UK. So there are these cool Britishisms that I can't work into my conversation naturally, <laughs> but I love hearing some of the things that she would say and just how she would say them. Absolutely. I think one of my favorites she talked about, um, she was describing a stage design and she was just this whole idea of taking inspiration from creativity you just come across. And she said it was so crisp. It was just so crisp. And I was like, oh, I need to start using that more in my vernacular. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think of putting words like that in a sentence in that way. Um, and and it was fun to actually hear her process as a songwriter and like where all of those sources of inspiration come from. Whether you write music or not, I think this one will stir up creativity. I, I love how she just intentionally finds different inputs. Yeah. Do you remember things. when you guys were talking about um, that music video? You guys were, there was right. a section when I was in the room and you guys were speaking the same language and I had no idea what was going on. So if anyone else has ever been there, you're not alone. But you guys yeah. were talking about a specific music video. Do you remember what it was called? Yeah. Well, it was the Bombay Bicycle Club and I just felt so... Uh, I was just grateful that I, she was dropping names of different groups that she's listening to, uh, you know, and I just grabbed onto that one because I was like, oh, I know that one. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I think we were mentioning um, <laughs> a really interesting music video. It's a few years old now. Um, and then you went back and watched it, didn't you? I did. It, I think it was, how do you swallow so much sleep? Is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, that's um, it. That's it. Yeah, I went and found it on YouTube after this. So listeners... After the episode, not yet, but after this episode, hop on YouTube and check it out. It's wild. Yeah, yeah. But her heart for really the the church, capital C church and the local church just comes shining through, which I think is really cool, particularly when you think about she's had a front row seat to an awful lot of what's happened in the music industry Uh so really, because of her dad, right? Yeah. So tell us about her dad for yeah, someone well, that might not know. Well, her her dad is uh, was and is the the lead singer of of Delirious, and so uh, Martin's one of those people that I've listened to for like ever, <laughs> and it's just such a cool thing to hear his influence on her life, and and how she's not jaded. Mm -mm. I mean, she really has genuine hope for the church, for her generation. And I just, I just thought that was so cool and, and so encouraging. And I think as we move forward now through this conversation, you're going to find some, some like entry points 
into your life that might surprise you because along the way, she has such a diverse way of thinking that this one really begins to stir up thoughts in so many different ways. So really, without any further delay, let's just jump in on this conversation with Ellie Limebear. Let's just jump in. I could go so many different directions with you and you don't even know. Um, <laughs> but but this idea of, of you, uh, we'll come back to you and your dad in just a minute, but this idea of you finding your own voice. Yes. As a storyteller slash songwriter. Uh, privileged to be around a lot of young artists who I would say are trying to find their voice. Tell us how you have found yours and how you would encourage them. Yes. Yeah, so... That's a good question because I wasn't planning on being an artist or a, or a singer or worship me. Like I honestly, as like a kid dream, like never just thought dad's done that. I'm yeah. not, I'm just going to do something else creative, but I didn't even have like, I didn't write down song ideas when I was younger. Like I don't have, didn't have journals of things that I was doing, you know, I was just yeah. a kid and just loved dancing around. So, um, but I know, I've always loved singing. I've always loved worshiping, being part of church, being part of team, being part of youth and growing up in a Christian household and in church and going to church every Sunday. Like I love singing, but I never wanted anyone to hear me sing. I literally was like petrified of the microphone. I didn't want to stand on the stage. I was just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> but the DNA, it was in the DNA. I, I mean, so. you, you were you were wired for this, I think. Oh, it's. I mean, now I see it but for so long I was like nah rather sure. not you know but um it was around when I was I think it was like 2017 the Lord really spoke to me about doing music and um it really caught me off guard to be honest because like oh well Lord you know I don't really want to do this and <laughs> I love being at home I love you know serving right. at church and I you know I, I love being here <laughs> in Brighton UK I don't really want to travel but then things just kicked off really. And he just, as he does best, the Lord switches things around and um, just opens so many different doors and avenues. And it's been amazing actually. Like I'm so grateful and so, I just can't believe it. The team that he's brought around me, you know, to create music. I'm signed to a label in Nashville, which is hilarious, you know, like never would I think I would do that, but we're there every two months, you know, pre-COVID, but um, getting to work with a team and getting, you know, my vision and for them to come around me to make things happen, you know, it's just like, wow, this is like really cool. <laughs> How, you know, God can give you something and vision with my husband working together with him. Um, it's just very, I don't know, I'm very grateful that I get to do what I do now yeah. and i i want to do this i want to sing i want to sing over people i want to write music i want to write songs that are gonna you know meet my non-christian friends you know i want to write songs that are gonna pump people up walking to school you know i i want i want to write those songs and for people to be led to god so i guess my encouragement <laughs> for, from my story encouragement to other people who want to do it I guess just let him do it just let yeah. him like there is I know there's people who you know will send in stuff or like really want to be an artist or an which is amazing um that wasn't my case 
but I think just like be patient, keep chatting to people, um, don't strive, don't let yeah. you know the timing yeah. of it will come at the right time, and um, yeah, I think just. Well, I, I hear that word calling. You've mentioned it a couple of times and it really was, you know, I was kidding you about the DNA. Let's go on ahead and say this for anyone who doesn't know. Your father is Martin Smith, lead singer of Delirious. You got a front row seat to an awful lot growing up, mm -hmm. but it was so much more than DNA. God was calling you. Yes. And that's that's where I that's where I hear your confidence and uh, come from is that the Lord has placed you in this place. Mm, totally. Um, yeah, yeah. And so that's the counterbalance to when you were saying strive. So you you don't strive because you're doing what he's calling you to do. Yes. But was there ever and and I maybe not, but was there ever a moment where it's like, oh, this is what dad did and I really want to go down this <laughs> other road and I kind of want my identity to be this and not was that ever a struggle? Do you know what? It really wasn't because Mom and dad have always been very encouraging and very um, releasing in anything we've done as kids or want to do. They're like, yeah, try this, do that. Oh, that didn't work out. It's all good. Let's try this thing, you know. Or, And I think I just. Um, Your mom and dad just gave you permission is what I'm hearing you say. Yes. To, to just explore how God made you. Totally. Yeah. And that was kind of our childhood. And um so I never really felt the pressure to even do music or not do music. And when it came to me doing music, I just, I was like, wow, this is helpful, isn't it? That I've got a dad that knows all of this stuff <laughs> or, you know, the of business stuff, but also leading and watching him lead like throughout my life. I'm like, well, this is so helpful. Um, and he's been so encouraging. And so, no, I've never yeah. felt like that negative side of it of like, I just oh, want to, because we're so di we are very different too. Yeah, um, that's 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 brilliant though. Because that is again, you're you're sensing God's unique calling on you. So let me just—is it okay to just talk about your craft for just a little bit before we yeah. get into some other things? So I heard you, or maybe I, no, I think it, I read somewhere where you were talking about this this longing to have really a gathering of eclectic people, backgrounds, all of those things, and we can go so many ways with that. But do you think it's important as an artist to have an eclectic um, playlist? Do do you do you find yourself uh, listening to other people besides you know folks that might be in your lane, or is that is that important for young artists? Hundred percent, I think so because we learn things from each other, don't we? And we, yeah. I love being inspired from other people, and it's like I love people who are doing things really different to me and learning from them and seeing, wow, I didn't realize you could do that. Right, <laughs> or right. I, I didn't, I didn't realize you could do a show like that or write a song like that. Like, wow. Okay. That's, I feel released to go there. You know? So, so, so give us some examples, like somebody that you either, these, these could just be favorite music, music influences or just someone that just stretched you. Um, so I've never seen them live live, but I watched their whole show on YouTube. There's <laughs> a band called Sylvan Esso. I don't know if you've heard of them. Okay. Um, they're a mainstream like pop electro kind of duo, but I was just like mesmerized the whole time. <laughs> just how they have like a humongous band and it's all their friends and there's outfits and the lights are whacking. I'm like, that is amazing. Like 
can I do that? <laughs> um, just really, really inspiring. And their music is amazing. Um, Bombay Bicycle Club is another one of my favorite bands who love watching live. They're like a UK. Yeah. Um, but I, I love like if you really want to go way back with them, I love what's the quirky uh, video. Um, oh, um, how can you swallow so much sleep? Oh, yeah. It's so good. So you just watch that and you're like, no, who thinks of that stuff? Yeah. And the the claymation, you know, however that was. But that's just yes. and and you might never, ever, ever use that, but it still stretches your brain and your heart. Totally. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I I mean, I've watched so many different shows in my life and just like I love what people do with their sets, you know? Like yeah. how do you make your set or the lights or the transitions or how have you done your songs, the arrangements different? I love all of that. I love like a well-put-together gig, you know? Just I find it fascinating and, oh, okay, they haven't done that. They've dropped that bit out. and. So, um, so with a with you studying photography in college, I'm yeah. hearing some visuals here. Is there? How do you? Did that help you to develop an eye for the world that is informing your your music? Maybe because I really am like it's not just the music for me. Like I love writing songs, but it goes so beyond that. Like I I see the songs alive. Like I see them, yeah, live. I see. And with photos, I always with the artwork, I'm so obsessed with artwork for things because I'm like, I, I love artwork. I love yeah. photos. I love design. Like, I want this to be excellent, <laughs> you know? I don't want to just, a designer just throwing something together in, with the, this and that font. Like, I want this to be crisp. And, you know, for people to look at that inside the church, outside of the church, being like, oh, this is like actually quite cool. Or maybe I'll listen to the song and then you listen to the song and it takes, maybe it takes them to the Lord. You're like, it yeah. all is so important to me. All the different areas of, um, I guess, the artistic Well, it's, it's an act of worship though, isn't yes, it? I mean, it 100%. can be. It can be. If it's not about us, you really are bringing your best efforts totally. to this. Okay, so, but can we get personal for just a second? Some of your lyrics... I want to talk about some of your newest stuff, but I've got to go back to a couple of songs that are really important to me personally mm -hmm. and to our church. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, maker of the moon. Hmm. So for me, the first time I heard it was at focus when I was speaking uh, there a couple of three years ago, which is just, if you, it's hard to explain, isn't it? I, I've tried to explain focus to people. Oh, how, yeah. how, how, how would you describe it? Because I, I want people to get a kind of a visual of this before, before I ask you the question. I mean. Uh, it's just, it's all the church as part of, I guess, our network coming yeah. together, camping for like five days. Everyone's In this camping. this gorgeous forest, right? Yes. In Southern England. Um, this isn't this is more this is way older than you. It's even older than me. So this is really oh, old. Yeah. Uh but I will say it was it's kind of like Woodstock for Christians. I mean, <laughs> without the drug use and without the illegal <laughs> everything else. It's just this brilliant gathering together of thousands of people. So here we are under this enormous tent. I didn't know they made tents that big. Oh, um yeah. and that was the first time that I heard Maker of the Moon. Oh wow. But what struck me about it wasn't the I mean, there was a really cool thing happening with just thousands of people worshiping. 
But to me, it was the ruthlessly vulnerable and personal thing that was going on in the lyrics. Mm -hmm. I found myself not just singing, but even like there were times I wasn't even singing. I was crying these lyrics to the eternal one. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, yes, I use you've done all of that, but you can you can hear my heartbeat beating. Wow. How do you get to those kinds of moments? Because I hear that vulnerability in your writing. Wow. Gosh. I don't know. I just, (laughs) I guess, do you know what? I wrote that song with a bunch of our church family um, here in Brighton. And I think what happens when you worship and write with the same people, you know, we would go on these writing retreats and um, I remember writing that song with those guys and just when you feel comfortable, when you feel safe when you feel accepted when you feel welcome in a room you know um you can go there with those sort of thoughts and questions and it's not off limits you know I was I wrote that song with dear friends um like family I'd say so I think when we wrote that it wasn't we were all just like yes like that is I don't know it was it was vulnerable it was like oh my gosh can we actually say that like is it (laughs) Is it yeah. true? <laughs> you know, um, but I think so. There was a kind of um, I don't want to say power, but there was a there was a comfort in doing this together, in yes. this collaborating together. I think so, and I love collaborating. I love writing with different people, and I think this is why the song is so special. Is because it's got so many different elements and all the things that people have brought to it. You know, it's not just my song like I feel like it was it was such an important song for our church and still is and I just I I come alive every time I sing it like I I feel it every time I sing it and I lead it and especially when it gets to that bridge because it's so it's so raw and it's I don't know what the words that you're saying it's like okay we're going there (laughs) yeah yeah Um, it is raw that's a great word it's raw it's raw so can you talk for just a second about getting the feedback from others when you're collaborating? So you, you guys are writing this song and it's like, ooh, I don't think that's it. I think this might be it. What is it like holding it so loosely that you all can can yes. do this together? Yeah, no. So um, when I first started writing, it was with the this team, like Bright City from church. And we did this thing where we would all split up right 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 for like a couple of hours and come back together and everyone would play their song so everyone would sing it and we had this rule where you couldn't you ha- any thoughts you had about the song you have to say it there and then you can't leave the session and leave that group and co- almost talk about it or like oh yeah I didn't really like that line so no but no backdoor conversation no none of that okay, you okay. Have, it ha- if you wanted to say something you have to be honest and say it there and then so kind of doing that a lot you just you just get used to it. Someone says, "Oh yeah, I don't think that lyrics." No, I think you could do better. You're like, "Yeah, cool." Like, or that. Me- no, I don't feel like the themes right, or the chords, or that chorus could be better. And you're just in it together. You know, it's not it's a joint thing, and you yeah. all want the songs to be best. I think that's what's so great is that 
okay, we all want this to be the best song. Yes. We all want this to be great. We all want this to um, connect with people. And I think the only way you can do that is by accepting the feedback. <laughs> but that is such a step to take. Don't you yeah. think? I mean, that that's there's, there's a risk involved with that. Um, uh, there's a young artist I'm thinking of who is a part of our ministry here, and he will tell you the 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 song that really has begun to get a lot of play here in the U.S. He would tell you it was the moment that he took what he thought was a complete song back to a team like what you described. Wow! And they didn't deconstruct the song, but they did change the song, and he held it loosely enough to say. Wow. Okay, so you guys, and he said, that's where it took off. And that that's the body of Christ, isn't it? I mean, that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah, totally. And I think, like, what is the point of putting out, like, half great songs that you, it's just all that you have just written, you know, just to say yeah. that you've written it? Well, what is- we're, right, you're, we're right back to you wanting it to be excellent. Yeah, it's like... Well, I know better writers than me. I know better um, people who could play, you know, do things better. I like, I want to get with those people. I want this to be this idea to come alive and to be the best it can be. I don't want to just hold it for the sake of just having my name on it. I mean, that's a bit boring, you know. Yeah. And yeah. some people can do that, and some people do write great songs on their own. And um, but I just love the togetherness of things i love the togetherness and the collaboration and the conversations before you write it's just like it's all part of it so um yeah that's so so come holy spirit is the other song i was going to mention to you um and in that same setting and focus just hearing your dad lead us in that song it became it became a a thing for us here as really uh just a a corporate invitation, which I think is how it is written. Yeah. Uh, for we need the Spirit of God to 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 do what only He can do in our church Tightly. right now. And so, as you're looking now at the, because I think you have a unique position of local church and global church. You you have this unique seat that you've been mm. given to see some pretty extraordinary things happening across the capital C church, but you and Tom are so committed to the local church. I want to come back to that because I love that. <laughs> I think that's where, I think that's where the action is. Yes. But as someone with that seat, seeing the big and the small, the meta and the micro, what are you seeing? What do, what do we need to be paying attention to? Oh my gosh. Like, and do you know what you saying that I, I love how you mentioned that because it is um, such a privilege to have that seat. And from a really little girl, I've had that seat of being able to travel the world and to, you know, so many different denominations of churches, so many different expressions and, you know, different languages. And and then coming back to our little like village church where my grandpa was the pastor. This was, you know, when I was a child and just my mind constantly being exploded <laughs> by what yeah. I've seen and heard and just knowing that he's real, knowing that he's alive, knowing that he's working. And I think um, I think so much of that has impacted my view on the local church too, knowing how special the local church is, knowing how um, sacred and messy but glorious all at the same time. And I just, I love how we've been able to do that. But... What are we, I guess your question was, what are we, what are we 
what yeah, am what I seeing? You, yeah, what are you seeing? I mean, globally and locally. I mean, it's been such a different time. But are you seeing anything that, that we need to hear, that we need to pay attention to? I mean, just God's doing God's business, you know, like he's he doesn't <laughs> trap himself into this sort of box of like, I'm only going to move um, if you sing a song with a massive bridge or I'm only going to, you know, if there's a thousand plus people, it's like he will do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. The spirit is going to move. And when you call on the name of Jesus, when you invite him in the room and for that not to be a boring thing, you know, like I don't, every time you're in a a room where the presence of God comes, it's beautiful. And whether you agree with the preach or not, whether you, you know. Oh, no, wait, wait. People don't agree with the preach sometimes. Is that what you're saying? What? (laughs) But like we, it's bigger, it's so much bigger yes. than we think. Yes. What he's doing and is, you know, unifying people and breaking down things. It's like I think we can just become so small-minded in life and so and just forget. Mm-hmm. Like, oh wait, he loves those people too, and he moves in those people's lives. And um, yeah. I think that's just really beautiful. Yeah. So, so you and Tom are at a place right now where you are pouring into this Brighton community. I mean, this is where Mm -hmm. you all feel called. Um, What would you say as people who are now thinking of the next generation, Mm -hmm. uh, because you're expecting a child, what would you say uh, are important words for this next generation. What 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 do we need to be? How can we pour into them? So we who are maybe just mm. a a wee bit, shall we say, older. Um, <laughs> yeah. How do we how do we leave something in place for mm. those who are to come? Do you know what? I think it's as simple as being mothers and fathers. Yeah. I think they need mothers and fathers they need people to invite them to the table to have a dinner and a chat <laughs> you know yeah an honest conversation with no judgment and no shock factor and simply just come as you are and i think just to be mothers and fathers and by that i guess you could take that in lots of different ways but just loving on them and calling things out encouragement um not being too quick to, I guess, to slam them down or, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah, But I think we need each other. And I think people, young people need older people to look up to. Young people need older people to see what's going on. How's life as a Christian when you're 45? Young people need older people to know how do you love your family whilst you have a really busy job. Young people need older people to see, like, how do you go through grief and still love Jesus and serve? And, you know, it's like we all want to look to people who have done it before or in it, you know, and the wisdom that comes from that. So I'd but that's, such a, that's such an interesting thing you're saying, though, because I think on the other side of that, there are some who probably because they haven't worked through their own aging and identity. Yeah. But they're, they're threatened by a younger generation. And so you just go into wow. a conversation saying, we're going to, I guarantee you, we're going to argue about this or that, music or politics or art yeah. or whatever. And what you're saying is, 
come to the table and you might be surprised because there are young people longing to be mentored, to be parented, to be encouraged. Totally. I, yeah, hundred percent. Like we all, we all want someone to have our back, don't we? Or just to simply kind of flop on, you know, and lots of this generation do have close friends or do have close family or relatives, but some really don't like, I found it really interesting. I did like a poll on my Instagram the other day of just like, do you feel like you have someone that you can talk to like just one close friend and I was surprised by how many people said no like tons of people yeah. saying they don't have one person that they feel they could really be their self around or and it's like oh man how do we fix that how do we yeah. and I think it is you know coming yeah I guess coming alongside people isn't it and just scooping them up even if you don't agree (laughs) well and creating space for those kinds of relationships yes Um, but you you're you're beginning to one of the songs I wanted to talk to you about is is um, from your latest album uh, Angels and you Mm -hmm. talk about some you talk about some things that are very timely in Mm -hmm. (laughs) this age of the pandemic and really even before that anxiety and depression and loneliness and suicide do for for those who haven't had a chance to listen to the song yet will you tell us a little bit about the song yeah of course so angels came out of a time where i literally just found out that um a friend of a friend a young person had tried to take their own life and i didn't know her i didn't I don't even know her name still to this day, but it completely threw me. It complete. I think she was like 13 years old, like something, you know, so young. And it just broke my heart and for her and her family, but also just for the tens of thousands of people who are in exactly the same position where they feel that the only other route is to not live. And it's not just young people. It's not, it's old. It's, you know, old and all ages. It's not, just young people dealing with anxiety and depression and suicidal thoughts is every age. It's, you know, all people rich and poor. And I just think I wanted to write a song that would kind of declare truth that you're not alone, that whatever you're feeling, whatever your thoughts are, is, are telling you, whatever's crippling you is that um God does send his angels to protect you and to guide you. Um, Whether you like that or not, he does. And um, just as a comforting song, but also just to, I guess, play it whilst you're in in those moments or when you're feeling, you know, tackled down, whatever. But I just wanted this song, Angels, just to speak truth and I don't think we really even talk about angels a lot as church well I like I I haven't heard many sermons on angels there's yeah. lots of sermons of the enemy and fear and all these things but you don't hear a lot about angels and I, I wanted to give credit to them because they're flipping amazing yeah. and I've I've never I've personally never seen one but I know I felt the presence of angels and I'm sure each and every one of us is you know, there's been a time in our life where we know that something could have happened and it have, hasn't happened. And right. I believe that is the Lord's protection and his angels, you know, protecting us and protecting each and every one of us. And so this is what angels is all about, really. It's just 
um yeah they're on guard for us they're with us they're um yeah so it's so it's it's an empowering song because um it's a reminder that I'm not alone and that God is offering me these resources and mm. protection. It's still God. It's all God. But these are these are his messengers. Totally. One of my favorite stories is um, that I've written about is in Second Kings when the the Elisha and his, you know, his attendant wake up in the morning and yes. his attendant is freaking out. He's freaking out. And what does Elisha say? He says, the battle's over. We got this. Wow. But then he prays. Lord, open his eyes. Wow. So for me, Ellie, it's about spiritual vision. I keep asking God, I want to see, I want to see more than I'm seeing because I, I can easily see the enemy surrounding me. I got that. I'm great at that. Yeah. I can, I can freak out. I know how to do that, but it's the rest of the story when God opens his eyes and there are these angels and chariots of fire. I'm like, God, I want to see whether it's literally or just i i just i want to see your yeah. surrounding uh protection and mm-hmm. resourcing of me i think that's what i think of when i when when you talk about that song i love that that's brilliant so good so well i don't know if it's brilliant it's the word of god <laughs> though so we'll we'll go with it um there's a humility to how you approach this so god has blessed you and uh, you there's a humility to how you're doing this um, Stuji is a dear friend. And oh. so, uh, uh, I, I think of the same thing with Stu. He's just, there's a humility of just acknowledging God along the way, mm-hmm. just acknowledging him along the way. And I just so appreciate that in you. And I appreciate the way that you're doing this. Wow. Um, would it be okay if we just, I, I'd love to just kind of shift to some, uh, questions that we yeah. sometimes ask people and, uh, you know how these go on podcasts and everybody oh, does their it. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, if it's a godzillion and one different ways for us to, uh, to connect with each other and, and with God and his extraordinary universe, then we're going to kind of do some end ones here in just a minute, uh, where I just give you one-off questions. But first, this encouraging, creative, talented woman of her generation. You are seeing and, and, and hearing things that we're not. We, if we were to give a way to go award to someone in the world today, okay? So like just, this could be a person, this could be an organization, this could be a team, this could be a church. They're just doing great things in the world. Who would you nominate for a way to go award? I love how this is an award. Can it be real? <laughs> I think it should. Let's get somebody to fund this and then we'll do it. Oh my gosh. I think all the mums. I think mums are flipping incredible. Give all the mums an Me award. Too. Me too. We just need them, don't we? Slogging it, just doing it. Yes. Day in, day out. I haven't got, I'm not a mum yet. So I, I'm not celebrating myself, but, <laughs> oh, I, just, but- I just see my mum what she's done i'm like wow no awards they don't get any awards they don't yeah. get any time off so and I'm you know what in in this last year they have picked up a load haven't they yes i mean at least here in the states now they're not just mom but they're the teacher they're the counselor oh. they're you know they're everything so yeah seriously go Great mums <laughs> all right okay here we go just some one questions one person that has made a lasting impact on your life Yes, I would say my grandma. She's not here anymore, but she um, was the type of person that would make everyone dinner. 
and just you know she didn't really have a job she just made loved on people and um welcomed them in you know she had so many different people staying in their spare room over the years homeless people and people of all sorts and I think I just love how she lived her life just really large but no one would really know what she has actually yeah. done you know yeah so. yeah until eternity and god just lines us up and says oh, look yeah. at the ripples throughout my story that she made that's so good that's yeah. so good what's one thing that you're loving these days it can be anything one thing you're loving these days that we should check out like tv or <laughs> anything whatever what it could be anything what are you going oh you guys need to what would it be? Well, I'm reading some great baby books <laughs> that you guys should all check out. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, no, that's a good question. I, um, do you know what? I am still listening to John Mark Pantana's album. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's. I just listen to his album still all the time. I listen to it throughout all of lockdown, pandemic. Okay. But John Mark Pantana, Pantana. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Duly noted. What's one way that you connect with God these days? Just singing, simply singing. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be a song. <laughs> totally get it. Totally get it. What's one lesson that you wish you would have learned earlier? That you have to constantly tackle fear. That it's, it can be an ongoing thing yeah. and you just got to keep, keep tackling and stamping, stamping on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What's one trait you had as a kid growing up that you still have today? Just wiggling my ears count. Sure, I can't <laughs> I can't see it through the headphones, but I'm going to trust you on that. Okay, I won't ask for a ruling or anything. Um, yeah. and, and then, you know, the, uh, what's one way you're moving into this next year with hope? I think just... Being grateful is always a good thing, isn't it? Always counting your blessings and just seeing, oh, wow, I've got another meal on the table. I've got still that friend I get to chat with. So I think just, yeah, gratitude, I would say, just that gives us hope, doesn't it? And whatever yeah. comes about, it's just like, oh, that's just an added bonus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, perspective is just something. And it, we have to cultivate it, though, don't we? Totally. I mean, it, it, you, it's a little bit of what you were talking about with fear. We need a proactive life that yeah. pursues God because sometimes the gratitude just there, it feels like there's a, something's drilling a hole in the bottom of your heart. And if you're not careful, it'll all leak out. Yeah, um, true. Um, yeah. Okay. So let me just uh, thank you so much for joining us and thanks for taking the time out. And um, I, I just hope and pray that we get a chance for our, uh, paths to cross uh, when you're stateside here in Nashville sometime. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can connect. We're not too far, uh, too far up the road from Nashville here in the States. But when you're with your family now and you're doing ministry, what is it that uh, for you and your dad, mm -hmm. what's it like building this life together, this ministry together? You're different but you still, there's still some connections there, right? And mm. I'm, I'm asking this as a dad 
who gets a chance to do some of those same things with one of his daughters. Mm-hmm. So like as, as we're now, we've been talking about generations and how we link arms and how we do this. Uh, what's it like now inside the family mm-hmm. to, to link arms and to do this together? Oh my gosh. Like it is beautiful. I do sometimes think like, Oh, we get to do this. Like we get to, you know, I, I used to travel with my dad a lot doing like backing vocals and when I was a bit younger in like my late teens and then did more of my own stuff but still now we'll get invited to do worship sets together or things and it's so special you know there is such a beautiful bond anyway between a father and daughter and when we're leading when we're singing like we just we just know where each person <laughs> wants to go or feels they need to go you know and it's yeah. um we always just giggle, I think, after just like, how are we getting to do this? You know, how, you know, I love you, you love me. And then we'll go, you know, all have dinner around the table and it's, I'm a daughter, you know, I am first and foremost a daughter of (laughs) them. Um, But I think it's, and I know it's not going to be forever. So I think it's like treasuring that and to not, to not just, oh it's just dad you know that actually wow I this is so special not everyone gets to do this and has the same passion or the same thing so I definitely treasure it a lot I really do um yeah it's very special ah that's so good that's so good you're such a visual as we were saying earlier you're such a visual communicator and writer and um I just Thank you for this. Just thank you for for giving us a vision of of what it's like and and where we're heading. And and um, I, I, this is not me. This is uh, from uh, a, a writer named Andy Wilson. Uh, Notes from the Tilt World, and um, it's talking about existing in this poem that God has written. And as you were talking, it made me think of this. I'm just going to read this last part. To have been crafted with at least as much care as a snowflake, though I'm harder to melt. And to hear and feel and see and taste and smell the heavy poetry of God, that is enough. Wow. I feel the poetry of God when I, when I hear you talk, when I worship through your music, and really just when I hear you tell stories. And wow. so uh, thanks for just inspiring us to keep seeking God in this world. He's not finished mm. with us. No, he's not. And, and he's not finished with this world. So just brilliant. Brilliant, oh. brilliant. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been oh. a joy. Well, uh, we can't wait to just hear from you again. And thanks again. Oh, take care. Thanks for listening to a Godzillion and One podcast. Subscribe, share this episode with a friend, and head over to gregholder.com for the show notes. And as always, stop and notice this week the shockingly and seemingly endless ways to connect with each other, this world, and the God who made it all. We'll see you next time.